Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Glory to God. You know, this morning, um, if you would, if you would turn with me, 2 Timothy chapter 4. One of the things that I, I know that the Holy Ghost wants to speak to us this morning um, is, is kind of a funny way that the, the Holy Ghost... The, it's a funny way that I received what the Holy Ghost wanted for this morning. <clears throat> but um, what I love is this, is that uh, God knows every single one of us, knows us individually, knows what we individually need. And so what I believe is that this morning that all of us can draw, can pull from what God has this morning. Amen. It's amazing because when you read a scripture verse, uh, we all could read publicly aloud one scripture verse, and we could all pull from from that scripture verse something that we all need, and our needs may be very different. So what I'm simply saying is that scripture verse, God's anointing, his wisdom is so great and so awesome. Yes, is there an important principle with the scripture and and things of what the meaning of the scripture is per the time frame and where it was said and who said it. Yes, there's importance to all that. But God's spirit will allow us to be our minds and our hearts to be open to see something from that scripture verse that we can receive from him. Amen. In other words, we read a scripture verse and the Holy Spirit will allow you to be able to pull from that scripture, pull from what God has in that scripture, and pull from who he is to meet your need. Amen? Amen. So we can read a healing scripture. Somebody can be saved off of a healing scripture. How's that work? Don't know. The Holy Ghost does. Right? We don't know what's going on in our heart. We don't know what's going on in our mind, but God does. And if God is trying to illustrate to them his goodness just through a healing scripture, they may say, you know what? He is good and give their heart to the Lord. Amen? We don't know why. We don't know how, but the Holy Ghost does. Okay? That's all I'm simply saying. The scripture verse may have nothing to do with salvation in itself of leading somebody to, to the knowledge of, and saving knowledge of Christ. But God knows how to direct the river. Amen. 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 So as we're reading this scripture, if you would, would put up uh, 2 Timothy 4, 2, please. Um, we're going to look at something that. In this season, Pastor was mentioning something about this particular, uh, the book that we've been going through and, and some of the, um, you know, the as you're growing and as you're uh, stepping into faith concerning uh, areas of, of God's word and the truths of his scripture, that there's going to be uh, attacks, as it were, from the enemy to test what you actually believe. Amen? Amen. So the attacks are not just for attesting, do you really believe this, but to bring doubt into your heart. 
to bring a struggle to keep you from stepping into that place of breakthrough. Okay? Amen? Everyone read this with me, if you would, please. Chapter 4, verse 2. Here we are reading the scripture aloud. So if the Holy Ghost gives you something and it has nothing to do with this, praise God. But this is where we're going. Chapter 4, verse 2. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with long, all long suffering and teaching. Okay. Right here, the middle of this verse. Be ready in season and out of season. When I think of what in season is, I think of so many different things. Somebody just give me an example of something in season. Football. Football is in season. It's happening now. Apples. Apples are in season when they're, they're, they're fresh and they're, they're blooming on trees. We, we can think of so many things that are in season. I, I, I believe this is when I like just ponder and think and my brain is slowly ticking on what in season is. I think of something that is ripe there. It's fresh. It's, it's, it's ready to be, to be either taken, plucked. Uh, football seasons here. We all know that playoffs are about to come up in a couple weeks. This is in season for that time. It's fresh. It's here. It's ready to be done. It's ready to be given. It's ready to just to arrive on the scene, right? Amen. In season, Christmas, presents, wrapping paper. It's all in season. It's here. It's thrown out on the shelves. It's easy to see, easy to be taken, right? In season, out of season. Could you imagine like when Thanksgiving shows up and they're already putting Halloween stuff on the shelves? They do. It's like not in season yet. Why are you doing it so early? But they do it. I'm sorry, Christmas stuff. They're doing Christmas stuff during Thanksgiving time. They're doing Christmas stuff months before that. They're doing Halloween stuff right at the end of summertime. It's like, why? It's not in season yet, but they're doing it for the marketing, for the money, for all that stuff. Could you imagine if somebody for a football team, for football, right, was like getting ready right after the season ended? It's not in season. That's the time they take the break. That's the time they get themselves rested and they get themselves with the family time and all that stuff. There's, there's times, there's seasons for everything, right? There's in season, there's out of season. Could you imagine waking up in the middle of the night and, and you just have this, you know, really, really strange feeling like you got to go brush your teeth. Well, you should have done that right before you go into bed, right? That's what we're all taught. That's what we're all trained to do. Brush your teeth before you go to bed. But, you know, you just all of a sudden feel like brushing your teeth in the middle of the night, one o'clock in the morning. That's not the time to do it. It's out of season, right? This time, where we're at, we're hearing the word of God preached through, and we're using this, this tool with this book concerning spiritual house cleaning. Amen? This is the in-season time, the fresh manna that we're receiving at this time concerning the spiritual house cleaning. Can I ask this? Has anybody been blessed by what you've received so far? Amen. 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 If you would uh, please go with me to Judges in chapter 6. 
talking about in season and out of season. You know, uh, when we're in season, and now I'm going to kind of go back to here. There's times in our spiritual life when we feel that we're in season. We feel like that, you know, we're, we've, got the, the, we've got the pump, as it were. Like if you're going to the gym and you take your pre-workout and you're getting all jacked up on the caffeine and all this other stuff. And you're getting yourself all ready. You've got the pump on. You're ready to go to the gym. You've got your blood flowing, the tingles all over your skin and your body because of the pre-workout and everything that's in it that makes you go a little goofy and you feel funny. But you're ready to go into the gym to pump some iron. Spiritually, sometimes we feel like that because we're in that place where we're reading the word of God. We're praying. We're worshiping him. We're spending intimate time. And we feel like gung-ho spiritually because of the intimacy that we have with God. And we feel like we're in season. Like, throw anything at me that you want, devil, because I'm ready. I'm in season. I feel in season right now. Bring it on, baby. Right? Amen? And then there's some times that we feel out of season. The intimacy with God doesn't seem like it's like it, what it used to be. Maybe there's a lot of tension, a lot of stress, a lot of strain, a lot of struggles that, we, we, that are fighting against us. The, the badgering, the attacks of the enemy just in subtle ways to keep us out of season. Simply like what we know sin is, is, try, is separation from that love relationship with our Heavenly Father. Amen. Out of season may make you feel like that, that's the place that you're in. Amen. Not saying that you're deliberately going out and sinning against God, but there's that strain, a constant strain, and that battling in, the, in your spirit, and that battling maybe in your mind, and you just feel out of season. That if God said, go to this place or speak to this person, it might be a struggle because you don't feel like that's the time for you to do it. Amen? Go speak to this person. They are hurting. Go speak to that person. God, I don't feel like it. Like, I feel empty. I feel dry. I feel like there's nothing to give. Amen. How many have been there before? Amen. Out of season. It's not of out of God's season. We are out of his season. Amen. We need to get back in God's season. Not when we feel like it, not when we feel like that, you know, okay, I'm ready. But being in that place of when God says to do, that we're obedient to move. Amen? Because God knows that, that there's some necessary things, important things through our life that he wants to take us through and guide us through and get us into, onto his page. And at the same time, the person that is receiving, God knows that this is the appointed time for them to get what I want to speak. We're... My, I want them to receive my loving touch. Amen. amen. Judges chapter 6. Here we are. We're seeing where Israel is in this place. Israel is separated from God because of all the disgusting worship of other gods that they've had before them. 
worshiping other, other gods. Baal is one of the primary gods that they're worshiping at this time. <clears throat> and here's Israel. That's out of season, out of God's season. And they're in this low place because we have all these ites, Midianites and all these other ites that are basically have taken over and basically controlling them as slaves, as it were. Amen. We'll start here, verse 1. We're going to see something that's very interesting, and I believe that all of us may be in this place from time to time. Maybe this is a place now. You don't feel worthy. You don't feel like that. You know, you're in that place where, you know, God, this is, all right, let's get it. Devil, bring it on. Some of us may feel in this place and in this time not worthy, not good enough. Like, God, why would you choose me? Like, God, I know that I could be more intimate with you. Why would you use me? God, you know, how about if we just wait another month? I'll prepare, I'll start reading my Bible, I'll start praying more, I'll start worshiping, and then I think I'll be ready. No, but God wants to use you now, the way you are, because God's looking for obedience. God's look for, looking for willingness despite how you feel, despite where you're at, but God wants to use us now. <clears throat> Judges chapter 6, verse 1, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Now, when you hear me repeat this and say this, I'm just throwing this out there for thought. Amen? The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the capital L Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. I'm reading from the NIV version, by the way. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples, ites, invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza. Did not spare a living thing for Israel. Neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. I just want to say this. Israel was in sin. Things do not go well when you're in sin. Especially when you have the truth in your heart about God, about a life that should be lived in a godly fashion, serving him, loving him, serving and loving each other. There's people that prosper in the world, but there's a whole lot of deception that's there. Amen? Because if the devil's blinding people from seeing the truth of who God is, can they still prosper once they come to the saving knowledge of Christ? Yes, absolutely. Their heart's changed. Their principles of of finances and things stay the same, but God just has a person that has changed their heart. But what I'm simply saying is this. There's life when we come to the saving knowledge of God and understand how we should live our lives, not walking like uh, the world, not 
as we see like the, the Israelites returning back to Egypt, Egypt being sin and that pattern of sin and that lifestyle of sin, but not going back to that place. But when you do, you open up your, your, the doors of your heart, of your life, to the destruction of the enemy. And that's what the Israelites did. They sinned against God. So what they did was they took themselves out of the protection of God. They took themselves from out of his hand, out of his protection. So here we are. Verse 4. They camped on the land and, and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a, a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. Verse 5. They came up with their livestock and their tents, like swarms of locusts, it was impossible to count them or camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. They finally got to a desperate point because there was nothing left. Nothing. No livestock, no crops. Nothing left. They took their tents. They took everything from them and took it all away. So they finally got to the place and they cry out to God. Verse 7, when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, capital L, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their, hand, their land. Verse 10, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you have not listened to me. They disobeyed God. Amen. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord, capital L, came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. <clears throat> so he's secretly trying to grow some wheat so that they would have some sustenance. When the angel of the Lord, capital L, appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord, capital L, is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon's response, pardon me, my Lord. Again, he's speaking to the angel of the Lord. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord, capital L, is with me, with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord, capital L, has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord, capital L, now intervenes, turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, lowercase l. 
I don't think he realized who was actually talking and was engaged back with the angel of the Lord in this response here. Not realizing what was going on here. Midian, or I'm sorry, Gideon was part of the the group of Israelites that were the lowest of all the Israelites, the weakest of all the clans, as it were, Manasseh, the weakest of them all. And Gideon being the least of all the, of, of all Manasseh. And he's now in this place feeling the lowliest of all of them. Probably feeling like the most, uh, least person that should be used by God. And now trying to figure this all out, like, okay, the angel, this dude is standing in front of me trying to tell me that I'm to do what now? (laughs) Save all of Israel? Everyone say out of season. Somebody in season, a strong warrior, somebody that is strong, is courageous, is strong and brave, is probably in season like, yes, Lord, let's do this. Let's get this done. Let's go out there and destroy them all. Right? That would be in season. But God is choosing somebody that's not in season. Why? Because there's a reality that he's wanting for All of Israel to see that he chooses the least of these. So that you guys, Israelites, realize that it's not your strength. When you feel like you're in the, you know, the best mood, proper condition, ready to fight, ready to go and destroy all these people that are, that have kept you captive. But sometimes when there's an out-of-season moment that we go through, it's the best time for us to get back into that gear and that place of fully trusting God so that we know that when he's taken over, that he is blessing our hands. He's blessing the work. He's blessing the ministry. He's blessing those times and reaching out to people when we don't feel like it. So it may be an out-of-season time for for some of us, but be obedient to the leading of the Holy Ghost and trust him. And don't fight against him when he gives you that nudge and gives you that that stirring to go uh, reach that person that's hurting, reach that person that's needy, reach that person that's lost, reach that person that needs the touch of God. Because a lot of times we push against and we rebel against God and the leading of the Holy Ghost because we don't feel like we are able because we know where the place that we have been not consistent in our relationship with him not consistent in our prayer in our fellowship with him god didn't ask you to be perfect he asked you to be obedient he asked you to be willing and obedient despite how you feel despite how your outlook on life may seem but god wants to give us a breakthrough God wants us to step out of our season of being out of season and step into his season 
which is trusting him, knowing that when we see change, when we see people's lives change, it's not us. It's not us. And what we've built up through our biblical knowledge and, 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 you know, how good we feel because of what we know, but trusting that, you know what, only God can do this. There's nothing in me that's worthy. There's nothing in me that can make this happen, but trusting God and trusting the Holy Ghost. And that it's Jesus Christ that's making this happen. Amen? So it's nothing in us that makes things happen. Those are the times that it renews and rekindles our full reliance on him. When we're out of season, but we're willing and obedient. So don't deny and push against and struggle against the leading of the Holy Ghost. Because that's disobedience. Amen? Though we are, might feel we're out of season, God's looking for those that are willing and obedient. Let's continue on here. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Where are we here? Verse 14, the Lord turned to him. Go in strength and uh, uh, go in the strength you have. And save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the weakest in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you. And I will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. You know, there's a lot of spiritual battles that we may be facing right now. Pulling, tugging because of the truth that we've been receiving. Know this, the Lord, our God, is with you. He will not abandon you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He will see it through to the end, till the victory is won. Amen? Trust him, obey him, and follow his leading. Follow the, the leading of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Verse 17, Gideon replied, If now I found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you take, uh, talking to me. He, he probably wasn't sure. He's hearing this speaking. And, but is this really, really the truth? Is this really happening? Like, I'm the weakest in all of Israel. Let's put it this way. I'm the weakest in all of Israel. How? Why? Why? <laughs> Well, why would you choose me? God, listen, I'll go to the end of the earth, but I'm pretty sure that I'm not too confident about this one. Can you just please help me out a little bit? Can you just help me a little bit? Give me a sign. Verse 18. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I'll wait until you return. Verse 19, Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat, and from an ephah, uh, ephah, which is about 36 pounds of flour, he made bread without yeast, putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock, and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. The angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. 
Fire flared up from the rock, consuming the meat and bread. The angel of the Lord disappeared. Boom. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. He believed. Strength and courage is now coming. Because when he felt the least, when he felt like I'm not worthy, when he felt God began to speak, strength began to come. Hope began to come. That faith and belief in who God is began to come. Remember the question, well, where is this God that that my ancestors and our fathers had talked about leading us out of Egypt with all these signs and all these wonders and all these things? Why would he bring us into this captivity? Now God's wanting to bring Israel back out and is showing him now signs and wonders. Amen? Strength, courage, hope is all being restored into Gideon. Making him to come to that place of believing that I can't do it in my strength because my head knows that I'm the weakest of all Israel. But I know that God is on my side. How can I, do, how can I refuse him? How can I refuse what he's telling me to do? I know that I'm not going in my strength. I know that I'm not going in, 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 in doing this in my own, in my own strength, in my own way, but God has his hand in us. God is leading me, directing me. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 23, but the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid. You are. Why would in the midst of this, now he believes, but he's still telling him peace. Peace. There's probably still anxiousness within him. I imagine. I'm only guessing. It doesn't say exactly. But think about the situation. Put yourself in that place. He's still at the peace. Yo, Gideon, relax. Relax. It's all good. Don't be afraid. You're not going to die. God knows our thoughts and everything that's going on, even if we're not saying them. He's still speaking to us. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 24, so Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, the Lord is peace. To this day, it stands in Ophrah of the um, Abizrites. That name, uh, that same night, the Lord said to him, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old, tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord. Capital L, your God on the top of his, this height, using the wood of the Sharapole that you cut down and offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took 10 of his servants as did, and did as the, Lord, as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, again, the weakest of all of Manasseh, or, uh, uh, right here in, of all of Israel, He's still trying to quietly do what the Lord told him because he's still in that place of feeling lowly, 
feeling weak, feeling condemned, if I could put it this way, not worthy, afraid of the response that's going to happen. <clears throat> so, he did at, so he did it at night rather than at, in the daytime. Verse 28, in the morning when the people of the town got up, there was Baal's altar demolished with a, a sheriff pole beside it cut down and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. They asked each other, who did this? When they carefully investigated, they were told Gideon, son of Joash, did, this, did it. The people of the town demanded Joash, bring out your son. He must die because he has broken down Baal's altar and cut down the sheriff pole beside it. But Joash replied to the hostile crowd around him, Are you going to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save him? Whoever fights for him shall be put to, put to death by morning. If Baal really is a god, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. So because Gideon broke down Baal's altar, they gave him the name Jerobaal. That day saying, let Baal, let Baal contend with him. Verse 33, now all the Midianites, Malachites, and all the otherites joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. The Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abizrites to follow him. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh, calling them to arms, and also in, into Asher, Zebulun and Nephtali, so that they too went up to meet him. Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hands as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry around it, then I know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. Again, what he's doing now is making sure that he is hearing God's correctly here, right? Now he's, God, another little, you know, little sample, please. Confirmation, help. Just, I don't want to go there out of, the, you know, wrong timing here. But God, are you, are you leading me here? And that is what happened, verse 38. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me. Let me just make one more request, please. Allow me one more test with the fleece. But this time make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. That night God did so. Only the fleece was dry. All the ground was all the ground was covered with dew. Chapter 7, early in the morning, Jerobaal, that is Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian uh, was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands where Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. That would be their place, thinking that they were too strong for the Midianites, that there was too many men, they were, they were too powerful for the Midianites, and they would be boasting against God in this way. 
They did it in their own strength. Exactly. They're boasting in themselves, which is boasting against God. But God said, listen, I'm going to lead you, bring all the army, go down to the river, have them all drink. And then we know the story of what takes place. God sifts out who he wants to be in the army, to go further. This boot camp was a little different. Go drink water. We'll see who's able to, to step up to the plate here. Gideon had them sort them out, depending on how they were drinking from that river, right? Whoever put their face down to the water to drink, God said, no, no, that's not who I want. If they bring their hands and bring the water up and are lapping it like a dog, and we've seen Pastor do it all the time with their eyes out, looking around, keeping their eyes open for the enemy, God said, that's who I want. Gideon, those are your men. Now, how many came out of this? 300, people, 300 men. So now, yeah, I'd say that's a, I'd say that's a, all things are possible, right? To those that believe, okay, one of us, 450 of them, one of us, 450 of them, one of us, 450. There's a lot of Midianites and otherites out there. <laughs> but what happened? We know what had taken place. Gideon, God's still giving Gideon assurance to go down and take them out. He said, send these men, go down there, go see what they're talking about. Man wakes up, he's telling, telling one of his buddies, probably you know, sharpening his, his sword, his knife, Hey, you won't believe the dream I had last night. Did you believe this? And he goes on and tells the dream about, you know, this, the, the wheel, I believe it was. I can't draw on a blank on the top of my head right now. But basically rolling down and taking out the whole tent, destroying them all. And that it was by the hand of who? Gideon. God given that assurance to him. God is so good. You know, God's telling us this morning that he's chosen us. He's chosen you. It doesn't matter how you feel, whether you feel out of season, in season. You may be in that place where you don't feel in season. Like the fruit is ripe to be picked. He's chosen you. It doesn't matter the least or how great you have been. Past, present, future. He's chosen all of us to do what? Be carriers of his glory and to touch other people with his love. He's chosen every single one of us. He's looking for your obedience, willingness and obedience. To hear his call. To touch the person that needs his love. If we know the life of Gideon that goes on, and if you're not sure what familiar with Gideon and the rest of the story, you can go on and read chapter seven and eight. But Gideon was used mightily by God, the least of all 
of Israel. Gideon did not feel like the proper warrior that should be leading the army of God. And then God stripped it all down to 300. 301 men fighting a lot of people. Doesn't matter the mountain. Doesn't matter what we face. When God is leading you, when God is directing you, he's equipped you, he's qualified you, and he said, I'm on your side. God has called you. So let's step up to the plate. Follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. Trust him. Obey him. Life will be good. Amen. Amen. You know, part of this, part of this is separation from God. And sometimes when we feel that out of season, it's because we deny that leading. That's disobedience. That's separation from God. We have to check ourselves and watch, put, guard our heart from, that, from denying the leading of God, the leading of the Holy Ghost. If it's to put that down, turn that off, put that away, get rid of this, get rid of that, get this out of the house, follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. Because denying it is denying God. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father God, we trust you. Lord, we trust you with all of our heart. Lord, no matter where everybody is in this place right now, we thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. We thank you, Lord God, for your loving kindness. That God, that you are so patient with us. God, we repent of all of our sins. Right now, if you're with me, just begin to speak from your own heart. We repent of all of our sins, God. We repent, Lord God, for, for not being obedient to those nudgings, to those leadings that, you're, that you've been calling us to do, calling us to go, calling us to touch somebody's life. Maybe it's just a, even in this, this aspect and this season you have us in for cleaning up our homes and spiritually cleaning our homes up, God. And if we haven't been following that nudge, that lead, God, we ask you to forgive us. Cleanse us, Lord God. Cleanse our heart of this filth, of this unrighteousness. In Jesus' mighty name. God, I know that you have this word for every single person here. To go in strength. Go in power. To go in boldness and trust you, God. We thank you, Lord God, that you are rekindling a strength within us. 
of trusting you, of having faith re- just revitalized, vigor on the inside, boldness to follow you, Lord God, with all of our heart, all of our strength, all of our might, everything that's within us, God, that will serve you. So, God, we thank you that right now, that as we are here in this place, your anointing is here to break every yoke of bondage. So we speak to every bondage to be gone in the name of Jesus. Every bondage that would keep us held, keep us from obeying you, Lord God. Keep us from obeying your word. Keep us from getting into that intimate place with you. We command it to leave in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you from this point forward, God. That there is strength in our hearts, strength in our spirit, man. And that, God, that our eyes are being opened. That, there's a, that, God, that we see the light, God. That the tunnel's gone. That we're through it in Jesus' name. The Father God, we're chasing after you with all of our heart. Chasing after you, Lord, with everything within us. Lord God, we love you. We want to serve you with everything that's within us. Honor you, Lord God, with our life, with our words, with our actions and speech. Lord, have us. Use us, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. I just want to ask this. If there's um, ones that are in here, and I know we uh, had prayed uh, earlier, is prayed uh, about those that are sick. But if there's ones that are in here that are battling, and you're just fighting uh, congestion, cold, and things of that nature, things that just have been bogging you down. You just feel the strength that, that like, not within you. It's just been pulled out, depleted, because you're fighting off the, this sickness. I just want to ask that you come up. We just want to agree and lay hands on you. Amen. Anybody in here battling sickness that you, that you just want to come up, you want to receive prayer for? It just feels like a fight, a struggle. Amen. Thank you, sister. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord God. Father God, I thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your healing power, Lord God. We speak to the sickness and command you to leave in the name of Jesus. We command Ryan's body to be whole, healed in Jesus' name. From the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, that his sinuses, his lungs, his, his nasal passage is clear of all that virus and sickness in the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that he's healed. Thank you for your healing power flowing through him in Jesus' name. 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 Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anyone else? Anyone else? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I know my wife and uh, Timmy's in the back. But Father God, I thank you that they're healed. 
Anyone else that's in the back? We thank you, Father God, that they are healed. Isabella, in Jesus' name, we command them to be healed, their bodies to be whole. By the stripes of Jesus, they are healed. We thank you, Lord God, that they are set free of that sickness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Amen. God is good. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. Say what? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Listen, we love you guys. We know that, that this is going to be an interesting week, week and a half with uh, getting ready for the outreach and Christmas coming up. But stay in peace. Stay in joy. Amen. And uh, we appreciate you guys. You're dismissed. We'll see you uh, tomorrow night for prayer. Tomorrow night for prayer. Tomorrow night for prayer. We'll see you. Hallelujah. Yeah.